You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. seated. If you have a Bible, you might want to go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 4. We're going to dig in deeper there this morning um, before, you, before we get into that. Man, Cole, it's good to see you. And uh, your fam- is the family here? So this is Melody's first Sunday at church. Yay! So when we're dismissing just a little bit, don't leave now! <laughs> when we're dismissing just a little bit, I'll be sure you go by the children's ministry area and see the newest baby, the newest addition to Awaken Church. And uh, we're going to grow this church one way or another. We try to like invite our neighbors all the time, but we got, you know, Zach and Bree just had Liam a couple weeks ago, about a month ago now or so. And uh, a couple weeks ago now, uh, um, Cole and Ariel had a little melody. So, man, one way or another, this church is growing. Um, one thing I want to do to get us going this morning is kind of show you this card. You may have seen it before if you've been around a bit. It's called 360 Impact Card. Um, the idea of this is to, to be able to impact uh, three people in your life who you feel are far, maybe they're far from God. You're not judging them, but you know by their life they need to get closer to God. To impact them by committing to pray for those three people six days a week and missing zero opportunities to Show them the love of Christ, whatever that might look like. Phone call, text, message on Facebook, a smile, how you doing, take them out for coffee. I don't know. It could look like anything. 
a number of years ago, uh, I had uh, I was a youth pastor in South Florida, and I had a young man in my youth group who's now working at a big mega church in South Florida, and on their ministry team named Juan. And Juan was in our youth group, and we t- we gave them this this tool. I've been using this tool for over a decade, and uh, so t- I mean, man, use this. Pray for you know three friends. Pray for them six days a week. Misses your opportunities. And one, um, about five years after I had left, and it was no longer his youth pastor, and he had graduated and stuff, he messaged me and uh, said, "Hey, can I can I call you?" I said, "Yeah, call me anytime. Call me." So he called me. He said, "I'm so excited right now." He's like. Remember the 360 thing we used to do? I said, yeah, I still do that. I was pastoring a church in Arkansas, and I had the whole church doing it, or those who wanted to do it, doing it. And I said, yeah, I remember that. And he goes, uh, well, I still do it. And he goes, well, I had a guy who was a friend of mine. He told me the name. I don't remember the guy's name. He said, we were friends in high school. He was, on, he was the first person I thought of to put on my, my three, on my 360, the first time I ever did it. And I just kept talking. I've invited him to church and stuff all the time. And he told me finally, he said, Juan, if you don't, Stop talking about God to me. We're not going to be friends anymore. Don't invite If you invite me to church, one, he said, this is it, Pastor Steve. He said, if you invite me to church ever again, we're not going to be friends. And one said, Pastor Steve, I didn't talk to him about God anymore. I didn't invite him to church anymore. I still his friend. We still talked about the heat and shooting hoops. And we still talked about, you know, uh, you know girls and music and movies and all this stuff. But I, didn't, I never brought that up again. Never invited him to church again. Eventually, after a graduation, we kind of lost touch for the past few years. They messaged me yesterday on Facebook. And he said, hey, Juan, how you doing? He's like, man, that's good. I hadn't talked to you in forever. It's good to hear from you. And he says, hey, uh, remember how in high school I used to, like, make fun of you for being a Jesus freak? And used to, like, call you that and, and, and everything. And Juan's like, yeah, I remember that. Uh, definitely. And he said, well, I just wanted you to know, now I'm a Jesus freak too. Like he had come to faith in Christ. And once said, Pastor Steve, I just, I never stopped praying for him. I just, all these years, I didn't see him, didn't talk to him, didn't really think about him, except every day when I pulled out my little card, he was still on my list. So I prayed for him. And don't forget, don't stop. So I would say, man, if uh, you're looking for a way to really make a difference in the life of somebody, something small like praying for them. You think that's small? That's really big. Pray for them on a regular basis and try to miss zero opportunities to show them the love of Christ. So this was one of the ways that we've learned, like, we can show God's love to others. Now, what are some other ways that we can show God's love to others? Just give me some answers real quick. Anybody, in front, in the back, wherever, online, posted on the, on the feed. How can we show God's love to others? Just genuinely asking somebody, how's your day going? Yeah, genuinely ask somebody, how's your day going, Right? Yeah, you know when that's that's genuine too, because somebody like, like really that you can tell the interest level. It's like, oh, I'm I'm not going to get by with a fine here. We're going to have com- we're going to have a conversation. Yeah, show genuine interest in some interest in someone, how their day is going. Other ways we can show God's love to others. Invest time with someone. Yeah, definitely. Good. What else? Okay, just ask someone did they need some help with something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What else? Other ways we can show God's love to others. Okay, be slow to anger. Yeah, this is quoting straight out of James right there. And that's true. One of the best ways sometimes you can show love to someone is to not immediately get angry at them for something. Maybe they deserve to be, you can be mad at them. We're going, actually, we're going to talk about that today, about getting mad at people. Maybe even mad at God. So let's, let's kind of get into that this morning. We're wrapping up this story of Jonah today, this prophet of God who God said, go to Nineveh. And Nineveh said, no way, I'm going the other direction. And he, he got on this 
this boat going the, the opposite direction. He said, I don't like those people. They don't like my kind. I don't like their kind. And, you know, I'm not going there. And, and then there's this great storm. Jonah is thrown overboard because he tells the sailors, throw me overboard. And, and the storm stops. The, my favorite part of the whole story, the sailors on the boat start worshiping the true God at that point. They like start worshiping Yahweh, the God of the Hebrew people. Um, then there's a great fish that, that God, God uh, like arranges this fish to come and swallow Jonah. He's in the belly of the beast. He's in Jonah's own words. I'm like in the pits of hell. From there, he cries out to God in prayer. And in his prayer, he repents. And then God tells the fish, vomit Jonah up on the beach. That happens. So God then comes to Jonah again. And he's sending him to Nineveh a second time. This time, Jonah says, yes, Lord, your will be done. Yes, I will go. So he goes with this message. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's his message. And then the unthinkable happens. The people of Nineveh, including the king, believe the message and repent and say, we're going to, we're going to spend some time in, in grief, in grieving, and we're going to stop all the evil that we've been doing. We're going to stop our evil ways. So chapter 3, which we finished up last week and ended with, when God saw they had, what they had done and put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had sent Jonah to announce. So we're going to get into for this chapter 4, which chapter 4 of Jonah to me is like the biggest, what? chapter of the whole Bible. So we're going to kind of dig a little deeper into it this morning with this big idea. As we follow Jesus, God is sending us into our community with his message of reconciliation. That's our big idea. So what can we take away from this today? That's the main thing. As we follow Jesus, God is sending us into our community with his message of reconciliation. So the first thought I want to kind of camp out in for just a few minutes is this. Anger reveals what's important to us. And in this case, Jonah's angry at God. And we can be angry at God, too. Maybe you've been there. I certainly have had my times when I was like, I really was angry at God. I don't think I pulled a Jonah, but I was angry. I was like, God, I'm angry. So even when we're angry at God, that reveals what's important to us. The way I look at it is, it's important to me that my chicken sandwich does not have mayo on it. Why is that important to me? Because I hate mayonnaise. It's, it's, it's like this one, it's just disgusting to me. If you love mayonnaise, no, God bless you, no judgment, but I hate this stuff. And when I get my chicken sandwich from Burger King, I'm sorry, I know I'm supposed to name places that might mess it up, but oh. from that, for that place, from the places that put mayonnaise on their chicken sandwiches, I can say Chick-fil-A and I can say Popeye's because they don't mess with mayonnaise on their chicken sandwiches. They fix it right. Mustard and pickle, that's it. That's all you need. Mustard and pickle, that's all you need on it. But if you put mayonnaise on it, I say chicken sandwich, no mayo. And I get home, everybody's got their meal, all the kids are happy, the mama's happy, I open mine, it's got mayonnaise on it, I'm angry. Because it's important to me. The hungrier I am, the more important it is to me, right? Like, if I'm not real hungry, if I'm just like, ah, I guess I'll get a chicken sandwich, I'm not really hungry. I'm like, oh, oh well, I'll get yelling something else. But I'm really hungry, and I really want a chicken sandwich, and I open it up, and there's mayo, because that mayonnaise, the way they put it on there, they don't put just a, like a dollop. It's smeared. I mean, it's, it's thick. It's on everything. I can't, you know, I try to clean it off. I'm like, I still got mayonnaise. I'm mega angry. So, and that, it happened. I, this, you guys are laughing. This is true. I mean, this is, this is Steve's, Pastor Steve. I was, so, I was so hungry. It was so late in the day. It was after our last, like one of our soccer, not the last soccer game, but one of our last soccer games for the team I was coaching that Jericho's on. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm hungry. Just getting here to eat. And I'm like, it's way past my dinner time. I'm hungry. It has mayonnaise and it's just dripping off the side. I just threw it down. 
and mayonnaise went across the counter. And my wife was like, you know, it's that red hair. I'm like, I'll clean it up. I realized I was, I was dumb of me to throw it down. I didn't have to, but I'm angry right then. And then I, I ate an apple instead. But, you know, it happens. Now, what makes you really angry? Now, to me, I think about it in this moment, that's trivial. Somebody cutting me off in traffic, man, that's trivial. Somebody, you know, that kind of stuff. What makes you really angry? I mean, you know, somebody's talking about you behind your back. That should make you angry. Um, the, the, the state of our culture and how divided we keep letting them divide us should just make you angry. I mean, it does, I mean, when you really think about it, when we think about our political climate, no matter if you're red or blue or like me, you're kind of in the middle, <laughs> purple, which is weird to be in the, right in the middle. But it's like, on every side, if you really look at it clearly, it's like, it just feels like you know, everybody's manipulating everybody. It should make you angry. And it happens sometimes in our families. It happens in, in, in the context of church and religion. And it should, those kind of things should make us angry. Think about your own self. You don't have to answer out loud. But there's probably some things that make you angry. Somebody stealing from you should make you angry. So Jonah brings a, a, this eight-word message to the people uh, of this, this city, 120,000 plus. And everyone repents. Everyone repents. This, is, this story is like mind-blowing if you think about it. Like if, if this happened today... People would stop talking about Kanye and be like, Jonah, because he went to this and everybody said, yes, we want to be Christians. I mean, that's crazy. It, it really, if it happened today, he'd be on the color of Rolling Stone. He'd be at, he'd be at all the Christian big conferences and stuff, you know, that like uh, Kanye got to go to the big, one big church in Texas and preach there and all that and did that. That's all cool stuff. He would be like doing that and plus everything else. This is what Jonah would be doing today because this is, this is the, you know, everybody in this, this, this city, this evil community, the Assyrian Empire, this is the capital. These people are ruthless. These people behead their enemies. And they all repented. Crazy. Movie studios would be making a movie. Jonah the movie, this time without vegetables. It'd be like, we're going to have TMZ would not leave him alone. Time Magazine, they'd vote him. You know, Jonah, sexiest man of the year. You're like, well, that's, that's, that's crazy talk. But it probably happened. That's, our, that's how our culture works. So Jonah, he, but he's not excited or happy about it. He's not excited one bit. He's actually angry. He's straight up mad. He says this, verse 1, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Now these words, uh, greatly upset in the, in the Hebrew, is this word ra. Let me hear you say ra. Ra. Ra means evil. It even sounds evil, right? Ra evil in Hebrew and then so he's he, he feels that it's evil he's like this is evil that this has happened and in the words uh, uh, that was greatly upset very angry is the word hurrah say hurrah hurrah that sounds like hurrah but it doesn't it means to burn with fire yeah so raw he's greatly upset he sees that this is evil he starts burning with anger hurrah and the picture is, it's a word picture, that Jonah is burning with anger that this has happened, that God did not send the destruction that Jonah went and prophesied would happen. The people repented. Jonah saw that, that the people repented. This was evil, and he burned with anger. It's kind of ironic because at the beginning of the story of Jonah, at the beginning of this epic story, God saw their evilness, and God burned with anger. He saw that it was evil. He burned with anger. He sent Jonah now we get to the end of the story. God sees their repentant hearts. He sees they're really sorry, and he gives them forgiveness. Changes his mind, and now Jonah sees that as evil, and now he burns with anger. 
So Jonah's got issues, right? So for Jonah, it's more important to be right about what he said was going to happen than for the people to be right with God. For Jonah, it was more important that he be right than those people get right. We got this problem today sometimes. I see it quite a bit. We can be more concerned that we be right than whether or not other people get right. And we need to check ourselves on that. So how does Jonah deal with his anger? He prays. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when you pray, you're angry. Only, only he doesn't pray and ask God to help him with his anger. He tells God, I'm burning mad at you. I knew it. I knew it. You're, 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 you're the one who always forgives. I knew you were going to forgive. Make me look like an idiot. That was his problem. It makes me look like an idiot. Because I said 40 days from now, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. 40 days from now, it's not. And I'm mad about it. So in this whole story of Jonah, catch this, he prays twice. You would think a prophet would pray more, especially when the captain of the ship wakes him up and says, wake up and pray, and he doesn't pray. He prays twice. The first time he prays, he's in the, the whole chapter 2. Jonah prays from the belly of the great fish that swallowed him. And now here's his second time that he prays. He prays when he's in the, in the great fish. He prays when he's angry here at God. Now we should pray when tragedy strikes. If we get swallowed by the great fish, whatever that might look like in our lives, metaphorically it happens. We should be pray, crying out to God. When we have moments where we get angry and, we get, and we're mad at God, trust me, God can handle it. If you get angry at God, you get mad at God, tell, tell him. He's okay. He's all right with that. You can tell him that. But that's the, but that can't be the extent of your relationship with God because this is what Jonah did. He settled for a crisis-driven relationship with God. Don't settle for a crisis-driven relationship with God. Have a relationship with God that so when, it's, when you're not in the belly of the, of the great fish, you can pray and give God thanks. Today's a great day to remember that. It's Thanksgiving week to give thanks. Maybe you do cry. Man, God, I'm so mad about this in my life right now. Yeah. But maybe you thank God and pray to God when you're not mad about anything. And you can give God praise and honor him with your time that way. He's so mad, he says, verse 3, Just kill me now, Lord. I ain't never been that mad at God. Just kill me now. I mean, I've had my moments, but kill me now. I'd rather be dead if what I predicted will not happen. So in essence, Jonah's saying, God, thank you, thank you for being patient with me. But I ain't about to be patient with them. Thank you for giving me a second chance, God. But there ain't no way I'm ever giving them a second chance. They don't deserve it, and they didn't. They're Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. This, these wicked people, barbarically, what they did, you know, skinning people alive, burying them in the desert, raping, killing, making people listen to Cardi B. Just, it was just, <laughs> I told you I was going to use that. Right? So they didn't deserve a second chance. So Jonah's angry because he's been hurt by the people of Nineveh. The whole world at the time has been known by the people of Nineveh. Chances are really good. You've been hurt. And maybe you're holding on to resentment towards those who hurt you. Maybe it's some real pain from bullying or gossip or verbal abuse or physical abuse or even sexual abuse. And we will never downplay the real pain and brokenness that these things bring into people's lives, these cause. We can only affirm that you have the right to be angry about these things. You have the right to be angry about these. 
when you've been, when you've been hurt, you should be angry. But the question becomes, what do you do with the anger? You let it become resentment. The question is, has resentment resulted in unforgiveness? Because while you do have a right to be angry, we have a whole, whole book that talks to us about what to do with forgiveness and unforgiveness. So if so, what is this unforgiveness and resentment doing to your relationships? And what does it do to you? The next thought is tied to that. Freedom is tied to our ability to forgive. Real, true, genuine freedom is tied to our ability to forgive. Back in the day, which always refers to the 80s and 90s in my case, I worked for Kmart. Y'all even know what Kmart is? It's like a you know old school Walmart. Before there was Walmart, there was Kmart. Well, I worked at Kmart in no Boston, Ohio. This is where my family lived at the time. I was in high school, and uh, then I was in out of high school. But anyway, um, I was working as this this department that was the seasonal department. So during the summer, I worked in the garden center. During the other months, I would work in helping set up the Halloween display and working from from Halloween all the way through Christmas. I worked overnight shift fixing the toy department because they got destroyed every single day. And that was like my job. And I'd work in that. Well, it came time where somebody was going to get a promotion because the person who was the manager of this department, department manager, was, was, uh, was leaving. And I thought, man, I, I could do this. I could be the department manager. And I thought it's a pretty good chance I would be the department manager. Only it went to this Jane. And I immediately had resentment towards Jane because I felt like I should have been the department manager. And I was pretty young and kept a little bit, could be a little bit jerky at times. But I decided, you know what I want to do? Even though I feel like I should have been, I wanted to be it. Why not me? Just because I'm younger. I decided, you know what, I'm going to work with Jane, and I'm going to support her and do that. And about a year later, Jane had to switch because Jane got pregnant. She could no longer do this job because of a lot of physical work. She, she, she actually got transferred to a different department, still in the department manager, but then I got promoted. See, I didn't get mad. I didn't get to leave. I didn't, like, I, in the moment, I was angry. In the moment, I had some resentment, but what I had to do was like forget. Like, you know what? It's not Jane's fault she got promoted. It's not my fault I didn't. She, between the two of us, she probably did deserve to be the department manager at that time. But because I was able to walk in that, that not holding on to resentment, a year later I got that promotion into that. Maybe somebody else got their promotion. Maybe somebody else got the scholarship. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe you know, you're older, you guys don't know, but maybe the kids don't call. Or maybe for some of us, maybe mom never calls me. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe the guy that borrowed your Prince album in 1987 never gave it back. I forgave. I gave that guy. I forgave him, by the way. The question is, is there anyone you need to forgive to move forward? Is there anybody you need to forgive in order to move forward? Jonah is so consumed with unforgiveness that he went out to the east side of the city. He made a shelter to sit under. He waited to see what would happen. What's going to happen? God, you're just you're treating them you're, you're, you're treating them like, it's not like I think you should. I knew you were going to do it, but I don't think you should do this. I think you should treat them this way. And you're not, like, you're not treating me like you, I think you should either. I think if I'm your prophet, you should make sure that what I say comes true. <laughs> I don't like how you're treating me, God. Jonah doesn't <laughs> like the answer he gets from God. So he hikes up the mountain, 
And uh, he sets up his lawn chair, kicks off his sandals, gets his little umbrella drink, puts the Bob Marley on, just waits to see what happens. Give him some weight, see what happens. <coughs> Unforgiveness. Jesus has hits this subject of forgiveness right on the head on his sermon, uh, in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. He says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's straight talk, Jesus. And it's hard. He doesn't say it's easy. <laughs> but it's so hard. But then he gives us the example. I mean, not too long after that, a couple of years, he's hanging on the cross, suffocating to death, being beaten. Had he had been, been beaten to death, he's been spit upon and mocked and ridiculed. He's being crucified. And he says, forgive them. Forgiveness. The very people who did all this to him. Forgive them. It may sound a little harsh when Jesus says, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. But holding on to a grudge keeps you from becoming more like Jesus. And that's what we want, right? We just want to be more like Jesus. That's been our thing all year, talking about how to get to be more like Jesus in every moment. Well, one of the things you got to do is not hold on to a grudge. Jonah's mad at God. God, God can handle that. God just keeps patiently laying down the wisdom, hoping that Jonah will pick it up. And Jonah is mad at the people of Nineveh. And even though they're sorry, and even though they've been, you know, they've been making changes, Jonah's still mad. So Jonah holds a grudge against them. And they don't even notice, right? I mean, there's nowhere that says the people of Nineveh are like, oh no, Jonah's mad at us. Oh no, Jonah's holding a grudge at us. They don't even notice. Most of the time, if you're holding a grudge, the person you're holding against, they don't even know. They might sense, well, something's not quite right between us, but they don't know how angry you are. You have to let it go. Because an unforgiving heart only hurts yourself. Jonah was just burning with anger. It was hurting him. It wasn't hurting the people he was angry at. So Jonah is having a bad day, and it's due to his own prejudice. Straight up, he had some prejudice here. He had his own, like his own need to be right. And it's due to his unforgiving heart he's having a bad day. But here's like the good news. Whether you're having a good day or a bad day, God provides. Whether your day is a good day or a bad day, God provides. There's a book written on, uh, quite, a, quite a few years ago um, when my son Christian, who is a lot of your guys' age, um, was in school. This was like one of the main books they read. Maybe you guys are familiar with this book. Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. You guys heard of that book? Remember that book? You remember that? Kind of remember that? Yeah, a little bit. Here's this uh, quickly what happens in this book, in this story. So Alexander's this kid, right? He wait, you wake up and there's gum in your hair because you forgot to spit out your gum the night before. You get no prize in your cereal, but your sister gets a prize in her cereal. Everything at school that can go wrong does go wrong. Then you get home and there's lima beans for dinner. Your mama knows you hate lima beans, but they're in there for dinner. There's the TV show, and there's a kissing scene on the TV show, and that's just disgusting. I mean, you're having the worst day at this point, and you've been forced to wear these roller, like railroad pajamas, and you hate the railroad pajamas when it's time for bed, but everything else is dirty. And Alexander, all through this day, these bad things would happen. And you know what he said? I'm going to move to Australia. Every time something bad would happen, I'm just going to move to Australia. And he gets to the, to the, the end of the day, and he says to his mom, as he's being tucked into bed, no, it's just been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And his mom says, 
Some days are just like that, even in Australia. So she, there's like a, a little like sliver of hope she slides in there. Like, no matter where you go, there's good, there's good days and there's bad days, but you can have a little hope to know that tomorrow could be different. Who or what really provides hope for you on really bad days? Jonah, he's having this really bad day. And it says in verse 6, The Lord uh, God arranged a leafy plant to grow there. A vine, this vine which grew some gourds on it, uh, sh- shading Jonah from the sun. Verse 7 says, But God also arranged for a worm. And the worm ate through the vine, causing it to wither and die. And then verse 8 goes on and says, As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to beat down on Jonah. Now, one of the things that we kind of learned as we kind of go through, uh, been going through Awakened Church the last couple of years, is when we see something repeated in a scripture, in a story, it's been a narrative story especially, we need to pay close attention to that. It says here three times in a row, three sentences in a row, God arranged, God arranged, God arranged. Even says it before, God arranged a storm. God arranged a great fish. And here we see it repeated again. It's the word manah. Let me hear you say manah. It means to arrange, yes. Literally, to prepare and provide. To prepare and provide. It's like, you know, we're going to prepare Thanksgiving meal, but we're not just going to prepare it and look at it. (laughs) We're going to prepare it and then provide it. We're going to put it on the table. God prepares and provides these small things that may mean much, much as the large things do. We think it's nice for God to provide the shade, right? Oh, he provided shade. That's nice of God. Jonah's angry. He's pouting like a little baby. And God gives him some shade. That's nice of God. But then immediately God provide, prepares and provides the worm, which eats through the plant, which gives the shade. It's like he took the shade away. The Lord gives the shade. The Lord takes the shade away. What's up with that? Maybe God's being mean here for this. God prepares and provides sometimes things that seem weird to us, that may even seem random to us, but they're not. Because we may think God is nice and God is mean for this or that, but God knows Jonah needs a real awakening. He needs a real awakening that can only come through the worm and the wind, that, that scorching wind that he arranges to come. He knows that, God needs a, that, that Jonah needs an awakening that can only happen when he gets out of his comfort zone. Your awakening may only come through your discomfort. And God is trying to get Jonah to see that. Jonah, this life is not all about you. It's not about you. It's about so much more. So much more. So Jonah just stays angry, though. This is the part, like, okay, up to this point, I'm totally, like, getting all this. And now I'm like, how do you end this, how do you end this story this way? He gets so angry, he's angry enough to die. Verse 10, then the Lord says, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it here. God is saying, you feel sorry about this plant, but you did nothing to put it here. You didn't plant it. You didn't, you didn't give it, you know, miracle grow or anything. It just grew up. It came quickly, it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in darkness, and not to mention all the cattle. I mean, it's like, it's don't, not to mention all the animals that are there. This is important to God. Shouldn't I care for these people? Jonah, life's not about you. Life's not about your anger. Life's not about your unforgiveness. Life is about Nineveh. Life is about Natchitoches. Life is about your community. Life is about living out the love of God to your neighbor. That's the point. That's the story. No matter who that is, 
no matter who that is. Because the people of Nineveh, Jonah, they're not like me. I don't like them. They don't like me. No matter who that is. Life is about living out the love of God to your neighbor. So whether your day is good or bad, God provides opportunities to show his love. God provides his opportunities to show not just his love, but his forgiveness, his, his mercy, his grace. He provides us with community and opportunities. The thing with this, this epic story of Jonah is, you know, what a strange way to end the story. Like, like, is this really the end of the story? Is this really the end of the story? And one of the conclusions that I've kind of come to is like, there is a next chapter. We are the next chapter. We are the continuation of the story. We are to take this story and take it to the next page. We are the end of the story or the next chapter. So as we follow Jesus, God is sending us into our community with his message of reconciliation. Reconciliation, that's a big word. It just means to be made right, to be brought back to. So what's the next step? That's just a suggestion. I say, man, next step, pray and ask God, is there any way I need to be reconciled to you or to my neighbor? Is there any way that I'm in like, like Jonah that I need to, I need to like repent from and turn back to you? Maybe your, maybe your next step is just to pray this question. How can I show your love to others today, God? How can I do that? And maybe there is somebody that you need to forgive. Maybe there's someone you need to ask forgiveness from. Also, don't forget those tools I mentioned earlier. 360 Impact Card. We have a stack of them out on the Connect table. I would encourage you to grab one of those and make that a part of your next step. Who are three people? Who are three friends that I could pray for six days a week and miss zero opportunities to share the love of Jesus with them? Lord, lead us into our, each of us into our next step. And as we, as we affirm that you do that, Lord, we pray for Awaken Church. As we approach Advent, the Advent season, and, and into a new year, 2020, Lord, we've been praying this for several weeks, and we, we just publicly bring it out today. Lord, lead us into our next step. We want to be who you want us to be. We want to go where you want us to go and love everybody along the way. And so we thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. And Lord, we just today, Lord, we confess that we get angry, we get mad. And um, Lord, help us to not walk in unforgiveness. Help us to not hold grudges. And so, Lord, if there's anything we have today that we're holding on to, Lord, we need your strength. We may need to put it down. We may have to put it down more than once. We may have to forgive today and tomorrow and the next day. Lord, help us to, to let go of that because we want to be more like you, Jesus. And the fact that that's possible, it, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a miracle, but it is possible. You affirm it to us over and over again. So, Lord, make us more like you. Lead us to our community, to our neighbors, to our families with this message of reconciliation. The message is simply, Jesus loves you, and he invites you to come home. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us to come home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. 
Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.